the Glassy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Flora. It's no secret that natural deodorant gets a bad rap sometimes. Clean beauty consumers looking for brands that leave out ingredients such as aluminum have long complained of having trouble finding something that works. These frustrations were what inspired Sarah Moray to found body care brand Curie in 2018. In a development showing how mainstream natural deodorant is getting, the brand just announced its entry into Walmart. In this week's episode, Sarah tells the story of the early days of the brand and the pivots she made along the way. This includes the introduction of hand sanitizer when deodorant buying fell off a cliff during the pandemic lockdowns. She also talks about how going on Shark Tank was as good for exposure as it was for investment and what categories she's expanding into. Here's the episode. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So Sarah, let's start with the beginning. Before you launched the brand, what were you doing? How did you get the spark of interest in deodorant? Yeah, so before I started Curie, uh, way back when, I was actually a CPA. So I worked in public accounting right out of college, um, worked for one of the big four accounting firms, quickly realized that was not the career for someone that's extroverted and (laughs) a social butterfly. And so um, I made a switch to venture capital, worked in venture capital for about four and a half years, working at early stage funds. We were investing in seed stage startups, mostly tech companies, but um, we did a few consumer investments as well. And it was there that, you know, my job was to meet with entrepreneurs all day, every day, met with hundreds hundreds of entrepreneurs got to sit there, listen to their pitches, um, and felt so inspired sitting in the room in front of these entrepreneurs that were making these huge, taking these huge risks, making these huge investments. And I decided that I wanted to be on that side of the table. So I just kept my eyes open for opportunities, was looking for something that was a problem that I had that I could, that I could create a solution for. And deodorant was one of those things. So I was making the switch at the time. This was maybe 2017, 2016, 2017, kind of the, the, when the clean, um, and natural product movement was really gaining momentum. I think for years, people had really focused on what they were putting in their bodies, but it was around that time that people started to pay more attention to ingredients and the products that they're putting on your body. And so I started making the switch to clean products, um, you know, swapping out my Jergens lotion with, you know, more natural ingredients and started with those products that I was using on my skin every day. And deodorant was the only product that I could not find anything that worked for me. I tried every aluminum-free deodorant out there. Um, at the time, I was a marathon runner. I was working in venture capital, so I had a super busy lifestyle. I would sometimes leave the house at 8 a.m. and not get back until 8 p.m. And so I could not find anything that lasted through the day. Um, I'm a sweaty girl, and <laughs> let's be honest, and I couldn't find anything that worked for me. So that was really how the inspiration for Curie began, uh, a personal need. And I found through a quick Google search, um, got, uh, found a chemist that was willing to help me with a formula. And we worked on it for about a year until we really got it right. And that's really how we, how we began. (laughs) 
Yeah, what was the state of the deodorant market like then? How many deodorants were on the market that even had aluminum-free? There were a few. So this was, again, it was back in 2016, 2017 when we first started uh, working on Curie. And I I think there were a handful. I, I remember using Tom's. That was like one of the most popular brands. And I felt like there was always this trade-off. Like you either, I wanted to use an aluminum-free deodorant. I wanted to be using cleaner products, but it was either the product didn't work for me. Like I'd be, I'd have to reapply by noon or it caused irritation. So I had, I struggled to find a happy medium and find something that worked, like had the efficacy, but also, you know, didn't cause me to break out in a rash and also smelled good. And so that's really where I saw the opportunity was to create a product for women and men like myself that are busy, active, on the go. We need the efficacy. Like I'm not gonna use something every day that doesn't work. Like that was to me table stakes. It had to work, but also was going to not cause irritation to my underarms. In fact, like we put ingredients in our deodorant that actually help soothe any razor burn you have. If you're a woman, you shave your armpits. We're trying to do the opposite. Make sure that these ingredients are soothing for your underarms because nobody wants those little bumps or rashes. So efficacy was important. Um, irritate. We didn't want anything that was going to cause irritation. And then we also put a focus on our signature scents because I wanted something that was going to complement the other products that I was using on my skin and my hair. I didn't want a deodorant that was going to be super overpowering. I think some of those legacy antiperspirant brands we all grew up with, like you'd get a whiff throughout the day and be like, ugh, like, I don't love that smell. Um, So I wanted something that people were really going to love the smell of if they got a whiff of it throughout their day. And how far has the technology come for aluminum-free deodorant? What was it like working with the chemist and what ingredients do you use? Yeah, so it's really been an evolution. When we first started, I was really, really focused on creating natural using natural ingredients. So these are ingredients that you can buy at the grocery stores or your coconut oils, your shea butters. I wanted to be purely 100% natural. And our first formula was, and within six months, we found um, through just customer feedback that it was causing irritation for some people. Because one of the only really natural ingredients that can combat odor is baking soda. And that can be really irritating, especially for women. Your pH, the pH of your skin fluctuates throughout your cycle. And so if your pH is um, so uh, baking soda is basic. If your if your pH is a little bit acidic, which can happen again at certain times during your cycle, that's when you get a reaction. And so we were finding a lot of uh, women were getting uh, rashes from our deodorant. And so we started to explore other ingredients that could help combat odor, help people feel fresh and dry without causing irritation. And that's when we made the transition to being a clean brand, which is very much where I think the market has gone Um, in the last 10 years is that shift away from, all right, it doesn't need to be, we don't need 100% all natural ingredients that you can eat, but we also don't want, you know, we want ingredients that are safe. That's ultimately what most of our consumers and 
personally what I want out of my products. I want to know that the ingredients have been tested for safety. Um, I want to know that they're not going to be contaminating the environment when they go down my drain in the shower. Um, I want to know that they're not endocrine disruptors or there's no cancer causing agents in my products. And ultimately that's what I care about. And that's what our customers care about. So once we made that transition from being hundred percent natural to clean. Um, that was when we really got the efficacy um, and really found that balance between efficacy and, and ingredients that weren't going to irritate your underarms. So an example is we started using triethyl citrate. It's one of the main ingredients that helps combat odor. That technically is made in a lab, but it is 100% safe. It's been tested. It's been used for hundreds of years. It's a derivative of citrus um and it's 100% safe for you and the earth. And what's the testing process like for making sure it works? <laughs> well, in the beginning, it was just me. Like I started Curie uh on my own. I bootstrapped uh with my own savings and it wasn't until year 2 that I really had the momentum um and ability to bring on a team. So, in the early days, it was just myself. My sister um also joined early on um to help me with uh the business. So, it was really her and I testing all the products ourselves. Like we were the guinea pig and that's just going back to our origin. Like that's why it was so important to me to start a business that was solving one of my own needs because I wanted to be able to solve my own problem. And I was the best guinea pig. I'm, like I said, I'm sweaty. I needed something that was work that worked and nothing else worked for me. And so by testing the product myself, um, my sister would test it. We were able to iterate on that formula faster because we were really just relying on our own feedback. Um, so we were our first, the first testers. And then eventually, you know, we'll send sample, we would send samples to friends and family members to test out. Um, and that was really in the early days how we tested products. Now we have, you know, a huge customer base. So we're able to send out product samples. If, you know, if we launch a new scent or a new product, we can send product samples out to our customers to test. But in the early days, it was very much me. <laughs> me and my sister. And tell me about how the pandemic affected the trajectory of your brand, because you launched the pandemic hit not long after you got into hand sanitizer. Tell me about that. Yeah. So pandi- the pandemic uh, was a really difficult time uh, for us in the business. We were going into 2020. We were just starting to gain momentum. Um, so January, February, we actually signed that our contract with SoulCycle. And we were about to, you know, later in the spring, launch in all SoulCycle locker rooms with our deodorant spray. Um, it was a really exciting time in the business. And then boom, March 2020, the pandemic started, lockdown started, and people overnight just stopped buying deodorant. And it was it was a very steep cliff. Um, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that, but deodorant was one of those things that was really impacted. Sales um, essentially stopped overnight because people were at home. They weren't, um, you know, they weren't leaving their homes. So therefore, 
I guess they were showering more often. I don't know. I personally was still wearing deodorant, but a lot of people stopped wearing deodorant in those early days of the pandemic. And we just saw our sales fall off a cliff. It was terrifying. And I knew um, I had to take quick action in order to find, um, you know, pivot and find another product that was going to fill that gap for us. And so hand sanitizer was something we were already working on. Um, so we were lucky in that we already had the manufacturer secured. I think we had already even approved our formula at that point. We were planning to launch our hand sanitizer in October of that year. So I just got on the phone with our manufacturer, with the bottle manufacturers, and was like, how quickly can we get this made? And we ended up, you know, again, beauty of being a startup is we were able to go from, I think it was I called them up end of March and we were able to launch our hand sanitizer in May. So that is a extremely quick turnaround for a product. We hadn't even had the, I don't think we had even designed the packaging yet. And so that was a super quick turnaround that really saved the business. We went from zero to 60 with the hand sanitizer. We sold over a hundred thousand units within a few months and that really saved Curie. Are people still buying sanitizer now? No. And so that's the that's the irony of it. So the hand sanitizer is what saved us in 2020. It also helped us get our foot in the door at some retailers. We got into Nordstrom during that time, Bloomingdale's, Anthropology. Um, it turned out to be a you know silver lining. And going into 2021, we saw hand sanitizer sales actually start to decline. I think what happened was a lot of manufacturers, hand sanitizer manufacturers made too many <laughs> units of hand sanitizer and all the retailers overpurchased. So you were seeing uh, going into 2021 is when we were seeing a lot of markdowns on hand sanitizer. So our sales started to slow down. You know, we were selling a premium product. It was a hand sanitizer that smelled amazing, had prickly pear seed oil, hyaluronic acid, um, but it was a premium product and it was sold at a premium price point. And so I think there was just a shift in demand and also so much hand sanitizer out there. We went from not being able to find hand sanitizer to having too much of it. And so we saw that writing on the wall quickly and uh, ended up actually discontinuing our hand sanitizer. So by 2021, deodorant was back. Um, a lot of those hand sanitizer customers that came to us for the hand sanitizer in 2020 stayed for the deodorant. They loved the scents. They loved the brand. So it was really, um, I, get, I think, a good lesson in pivoting quickly, seeing the writing on the wall, coming up with a solution, and then we were able to retain a lot of those customers and they're still with us today, even though we don't sell the hand sanitizer anymore. And you made an appearance on Shark Tank. What was that like? Yeah, so went on Shark Tank last year. It was crazy. Uh, Shark Tank really fundamentally changed my business. Uh, before Shark Tank, um, you know, we we were growing modestly, but we really hadn't had that big inflection point yet. And went on Shark Tank March of 2022. Um, spoiler alert, got a deal <laughs> with Mark Cuban and Barbara Corcoran. Um, and after Shark Tank aired, you know, this past year has just been a, we've just been on a rocket ship. It's, it's pretty crazy the impact that Shark Tank can have 
on a brand. And it's brought us a lot of really, really loyal customers. And I think that's, um, that's what makes it really unique. It's Shark Tank is a platform where as a brand, as a founder, you get to tell your story and that story inspires people, gets our customers just, they are here, not just for the deodorant. They're here because they were inspired by my story and loved the brand. And as a result, they've been very loyal customers and it's been, it's been a wild ride this, this past year. So it's not just an investment platform. It can also be a marketing platform to go on Shark Tank. Oh, 100%. And I think it's really what you make it. I at, at the time, it was I saw it as such a big opportunity. I prepared for Shark Tank like I was preparing to go to the Olympics. <laughs> like that 6 months before I filmed, I put everything into Shark Tank. I spent countless hours preparing. I think that's what a lot of people don't see when they watch the show is how much preparation is behind that. Like how many iterations of your script do you go through? How much, you know, I went through and prepared for every possible question the sharks would ask me. Um, I planned that whole set myself. Like there was so much preparation that I put into Shark Tank. I wasn't going to waste the opportunity. And I think it paid off for us. Like it really was a commercial, a 10 minute commercial. Uh, and it's helped us acquire customers, not only the day we aired, but Shark Tank re-airs again and again and again. We got a Shark Tank update and Shark Tank truly has been the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So with your VC background. Tell me about investment. So you have the Shark Tank investors. Do you have other investors as well? Are you fundraising? Yeah. So we, I like I mentioned, I started the company with my own savings, um, put $12,000 into our first production run, um, which is kind of funny just given that I have the venture capital background. A lot of people were like, oh, why didn't you raise venture capital funding? Um, and I think I had, because I had seen that perspective and been on the other side, I felt that I wanted to start something that had, I didn't want to commit myself to a business that wasn't going to work or that wasn't going to go somewhere. And when you raise venture capital funding right out the gate, you're kind of signing yourself up for a couple years of working on that business. And I started Curie and I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, we hadn't even landed on our formula yet. So I wanted to start and just get that market validation first. And so I decided, all right, I'm going to bootstrap this first six months, treat this kind of as a test, see what customers are saying, see what the response is, see how fast I can grow with no marketing budget and just myself. And from there, I'll decide if I want to want to continue or if I want to start working on something else. So it was that origin that really made me focus on what really mattered for growing up a profitable business, which was, you know, I was really ROI driven. I really 
pinched pennies. I did not invest in any marketing for the first year. It was just me on social media, me doing some email marketing um, and really figuring things out as I went. And the business grew and grew and grew, ended up raising a couple hundred thousand dollars of like friends and family funding in 2020. Again, that January of 2020 was when we were just hitting that inflection point. We had just signed our our agreement um, partnership with SoulCycle. I needed some funds to make that happen because we were going to be launching our new um, spray deodorant as part of it. And we wanted to put some marketing behind it as well. So I went out and raised a couple hundred thousand of friends and family capital. um, And that actually ended up being the last time uh, that we've raised. So we did not, uh, we still to date have not raised a formal uh, venture capital round and we don't have any plans to do so. And I think it's because I, the, the origin of the business is I, I've been profitable and I've had to be profitable. And I think if a time comes where we need that infusion of capital or we need that expertise that can come from a growth partner, we'll explore uh, fundraising. But for now, we're bootstrapped. Yeah. And mentioning marketing, tell us about your marketing strategy. What demographic of customer are you targeting? Is it the clean beauty focused customer? Is it customers that are maybe more mainstream and don't know about clean beauty? What is your focus? I'll say it's a mix of both. Um, I think because of how we've acquired customers, you know, Shark Tank has helped us acquire tons and tons of new customers. Um, We've been on QVC, have gone on air about 15 times now. That's a totally different type of customer. We're acquiring customers now through Facebook, Instagram ads, through TikTok. So because we haven't been focused on like one acquisition channel, our customer base is pretty diverse. I mean, everybody uses deodorant. Pretty much everybody uses deodorant. And so it's the kind of product where... Gen Z is using it. You know, millennials are using it. We have some customers that are in their 60s, 70s. We have men, women. Um, so our customer base is really broad and diverse. And I think it's just a testament to how we've we haven't been reliant on one customer acquisition channel. So therefore, our customer base really reflects that diversity. And we have you know, 70% female customers, 30% men. Most of our our customers um, that are female are in the like 30 to 50 age range, but we also have some Gen Z customers. We also have some older. Um, Deodorant is one of those products that is a beautiful product um, because of that wide appeal and the fact that you know everybody uses deodorant, everybody's looking for better products. And so I think we've especially seen that shift in the last two years where clean is becoming more mainstream. You, you know, you walk into Target, you walk into CVS, and there are more and more clean and natural brands that you're seeing on the shelves. So I think there's been just a, a wider appeal um, and therefore our customer base is pretty broad and diverse. Yeah. And let's talk about your retail footprint. You've been in a wide range of retailers already, but you have an announcement coming up. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So we are launching in 4,300 Walmart doors on August 22nd, which is about a week from today. Um, And we're so excited. This is our first big retail launch, um, especially 
with a mass retailer like Walmart. And we're just thrilled to be partnering with them. Tell us about what it was like working with them. They've obviously been adding so many hip new brands to their beauty and personal care aisles. Did they approach you or what was that conversation like? Yeah, so we were really focused. Again, this past year after Shark Tank was really a period of catching up. You know, we've we've grown so quickly. We've been super focused on the operations, you know, behind the scenes, making sure that we can keep up with the demand. Um, and so retail was really not on my radar yet. We were in some some retailers. We're in, you know, we're in Anthropology. Um, we're in the Equinox Club stores. You know, we have some retail presence, but the big box, like mass retailers were really not on my radar yet. And it was something I was planning to, to potentially look into in 2024. And so we were actually, we got approached by Walmart. They reached out like you said, they are looking to expand their assortment of cleaner, natural products. Um, and Curie was, I got on their radar somehow. And we've, we ended up forming a relationship with them um, and deciding that it was a great mutual fit. And I think the, the value of launching with a partner like Walmart is they are everywhere. And like I just said, our customer base is super diverse. We have customers all over the country, you know, Midwest, South, East, West. And so having that huge footprint, especially for a product like deodorant, which is one of those things that like when you when you run out of deodorant, you need it. Like you you don't have time to waste. <laughs> and most people use deodorant every day. So if you run out, you want that accessibility. And we wanted to give our customers that convenience of being able to shop Curie anytime, anywhere. And so that was one really attractive thing about, about Walmart. And then second, um, they are really investing in these, these emerging brands, these cleaner, more natural brands. And so they've been an, an incredible partner to work with. And they're really giving us a lot of support. Um, they know that they recognize that this is our first big retail launch and they're really helping us through the process and have been fantastic to work with. And what do you think that says about mainstream demand for this more natural deodorant market? I remember maybe 10 years ago, something like this might have just been at like a Whole Foods or a Credo. Like, what do you think it says about where um, the broader customer base of the U.S. is at with demand for this? Yeah, I think it's a testament to how mainstream the clean movement has become, which is fantastic. I think people are paying more attention to the ingredients that they're putting on their bodies. And I think the fact that we're we're about to hit the shelves in 4,300 stores nationwide is just a testament to that. And I think we're, we're going to continue to see more and more brands uh, like ours hit the shelves just because of that shift in consumer demand. I also think like Shark Tank, because of Shark Tank and because of the awareness that we have created, like Curie has, we have grown so quickly and our our, um, brand awareness has grown so much that I also feel like right now is the time for us to make this, this launch into mass because maybe two years ago, we wouldn't have had that brand awareness yet. And also, I don't think the market was ready. I, I don't think that, that 
the clean and natural products were as mainstream as they are today. And so this, that was also, you know, a factor in our decision to launch with Walmart was just the time feels right. Like Curie has the brand awareness. We have the customer base. Um, the timing is right from an industry perspective and in that people are looking for cleaner natural products with these like, brand stories that brands that they can trust. And so we're, um, we're really excited about this launch and we think we're, we're going to do great. And tell me about the marketing for this kind of more mainstream audience. Obviously, like you said, there's kind of a whole market of people that have gone to the store and bought a natural deodorant and tried it and then it didn't work and gave up on it. Is there kind of a communication about efficacy that you have to have with potential customers? Yeah, I think this is... Uh, clean, aluminum-free is still a new concept for a lot of people, and we recognize that. I think one of the reasons that Walmart uh, brought us into their stores and one of the things that really differentiates us from other brands is that we are really arming people with information. We want to educate our customers. We want to give them all the information and really let them make their own decision. We're not trying to fearmonger anyone into using our products. We are like, here's the information. You know, you can make the decision about what's right for you. And with our with people who are making that transition to aluminum-free deodorant for the first time, we recognize that that, that process can be a little bit rough. There is a transition period. I'm sure most people have heard of it. It's, you know, it takes a week or two to make the switch from an antiperspirant to an aluminum-free deodorant. Your body really has to purge that that aluminum buildup and and get used to using aluminum-free. And so we educate customers. We are transparent about that. We aren't just like, here's your deodorant, good luck. Um, we educate them on what to expect, how to, how to get through that process quicker, easier. Um, and our armpit detox mask is a product we actually developed just for that purpose. So the armpit detox mask is going to be available in Walmart. We have some um, education in the Walmart stores telling people, you know, here what what to expect and what the armpit detox mask is going to do to help them. Um, and so we really are establishing ourselves as that brand that's literally holding your hand through the transition process and arming you with the information you need to make the switch. So tell us about the transition process. What does the mask do? Yeah, so there is a transition process. Like I think before I started Curie, I was like, that's that sounds like, you know, marketing BS. Like there's there's no transition, but there really is this period. If you've been using antiperspirant for your whole life, like antiperspirant is literally aluminum salts. So how that works is the aluminum salts in your antiperspirant go into your sweat glands and prevent your body from releasing sweat. That's how an antiperspirant works. So when you're cl clogging your sweat glands with aluminum, it's going to take a little bit of time for your body to really purge and, and clear that out. And it also, there's a this transition your body has to go through where if you've been an using antiperspirant for years, it's been unable to sweat. So I believe like, and this is, this is just purely anecdotal. I, we plan to do a study on this in the future, but this is anecdotal from myself, from my customers. When you're using antiperspirant, your body is working in overdrive, trying to sweat. 
because you're clogging your sweat glands and your body is meant to sweat. So therefore you're, you're working in, in overdrive, trying to get that sweat there. Your body's trying to cool you off, but it's being blocked by the antiperspirant. So when you make the switch to an aluminum free deodorant, there's that transition period where your body has to get back to normal. Um, It's no longer, your sweat glands are no longer being blocked, but there can be that week or two transition where you're maybe sweating more than normally. You might smell a little worse than normal. Um, But once you make it through that transition, I and a lot of our customers agree that you actually sweat less. And so the aluminum-free deodorant switch transition period. That's a thing. The armpit detox mask is a product that we developed to help you make that transition quicker and a little bit less smelly. It's formulated with kaolin clay, bentonite clay, activated charcoal. It's helping you just similar to how a clay mask on your face can help detox your pores. It's doing the same thing for your armpits and helping you just start fresh with a clean slate. So tell us about your product lineup. It sounds like deodorant's still the hero, correct? But do you have other products that you offer? Are you developing any new product categories? Yes. So deodorant has been our bread and butter for the last few years. Um, The deodorant stick, our spray deodorant, which is the product that's available in SoulCycle. You can also find it in Equinox locker rooms. Um, So the stick deodorant, spray deodorant, and our armpit detox mask have been our main product line. But because of our signature scents, we have these delicious signature scents from white tea to orange neroli, our new coconut nectars, uh, a crowd pleaser. Uh, So our customers love our signature scents. And so we started getting a lot of requests for additional products. Like people loved the coconut nectar. They wanted a body wash. They wanted a body lotion. They wanted it all over. And so we've started to roll out uh, and expand into broader body care. So our first product that we launched was our body oil, which was a hit. We're actually sold out right now, coming back in stock, I think in September. Um, We launched our hair freshener, which is a clean, dry shampoo. You can buy it in all of our signature scents. And we're going to be rolling out with some more body care products later this year and next year. And how big are the SoulCycle and Equinox partnerships for the brand? How important is it to have that kind of channel? So SoulCycle and Equinox, those partnerships have been huge for us. I think not only is it you know, a distribution channel, but it's also very much a marketing channel. We market ourselves as a brand for humans in motion. Um, that is people like you and me that are living busy lives. We're on the go. We're going to work and then we're rushing to a yoga class before we go, you know, meet our friends for drinks. Like that is who our customer is. And so we felt like going into these locker rooms, like what better place to find our people than in the locker rooms at SoulCycle and Equinox. And we're also in a couple hundred other Uh, boutique fitness studios. And so we offer our product. Our spray deodorant is available in locker rooms to use for free. You can spritz it on before your workout, after your workout, if you want to quickly freshen up. And that has been a huge marketing channel for us because it lets people not only gives people exposure to the Curie brand, but it also lets them try the product. And they try it, they use it, they love it, it works for them, and then they can go buy it. And so those partnerships have been huge for us. So 
Looking forward for the brand, you've got the Walmart launch coming up. What are you thinking internationally? Are you just in the U.S. right now? Do you have any international distribution or do you have any interest in that? That's a good question. I, and again, something I have not tackled yet, we are we are available in the U.S. at the moment. Um, we are in some international um, fitness studios, but we're primarily available in the U.S. We only ship to the U.S., I got some advice early on, um, own your backyard. That was the advice that another founder had given me was focus on owning your backyard. Don't add complexity to your business too soon. Like keep it simple, focus on the U S and then you can expand, uh, you know, once you've really owned, owned your backyard. So I felt like that, that was some really good advice and that's really what I've followed. And so I think in terms of international expansion, it's not off the table, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. And I would say in the next, you know, two to three years, you could see Curie worldwide. Great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time today. And it was great to have you on. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you. And go shop Curie and Walmart next week. Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. See you next week.